So I have some news. I want to say big news. I want to say good news. But I also want to put it in that caveat of with everything going on in the world at the moment, it, it seems irrelevant. But in, in, in the bubble of this podcast and what we talk about, it's, it's big news. We have we've lost a tooth. A first tooth has gone. Wow. No way. You're yeah. losing teeth. We're getting teeth. <laughs> yes. And I should say, when, when Naomi says you, she doesn't mean me because I would not be announcing on a podcast if I'd lost a tooth <laughs> because that's not something to celebrate at our ripe old age. But yeah, we've um, first one. Uh, it was the elder of the, the twins. Um, he hadn't even told us it was loose. And then one morning we're all kind of getting up ready for school. We hear this crying and it was kind of my tooth has come out. We're like, wow. Whoa. Didn't know it was loose. Apparently it had been really loose. Just hadn't told us. And I'm, I I must have talked about this before. And, you know, I'm, I'm really queasy. So I'm not good with blood and stuff. I've never watched a horror film. I, I can't. Yeah. I'm just not good with blood. But, you know, if something, if, if the, if the kids fall over, something happens, I'm there. But one thing I cannot do is teeth. I can't, I can't look at a wobbly tooth. I can't look at a tooth coming out. I can't look at a hole where a tooth has been. I just, I can't, I can't do teeth. I'll do anything for my children, but not teeth. Well, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to stop at just one coming out. (laughs) If I have any information to share with you, I think you've got a few to get through. But took him to school and he ran up to his, one of his best friends and goes, look, look, this gap this sort of gappy. And then his friend said, hey, look at my one. Oh, and it was hanging by a thread. And oh, I know I'm an adult and I just, I just couldn't do it. So, yes. But then, would you believe, we had the negotiations of how much the tooth fairy gives for a oh, tooth. Yeah. I'm, I'm well, you've got to work out what the full mouth is worth and you can sort of divide it. Well, they tell us, <laughs> you know. Because otherwise you can get out of control. <laughs> well, it, does, it was already out of control, one tooth. Like, he says, oh, X in my class gets two pounds of tooth and and y gets four that's, pounds of tooth going, and over huh? here gets this and if if you lose two at once that's kind of double price or so i mean genuine what? these were high what? level yeah exactly genuine high level teeth cash tooth fairy negotiations honestly there you go tooth fairy's doing well nowadays well at least yours are just coming through so you haven't got to pay for yeah. tooth teeth to arrive it's when they fall out yeah so yeah the teeth coming slowly slowly <laughs> painfully or painfully or just slowly I think it's not it's not comfortable, is it? But um, no, it's it's been quite quite slow, quite delayed um, for for him. So he's just got the teeth at the front, which is not ideal for chewing. It's quite cute though. <laughs> so isn't when it? he like... when he chews at the front, it's like looks like a hamster. It's just quite funny. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no. So we're we're a few a few years training behind. Well, long may that continue, and make sure you've you've worked a lot in the year leading up to the teeth falling out because. As I found out, it's quite expensive. Now I've got the other twin trying to wobble all his teeth for them to come out. I'm like, oh God! So can you do? Um, can the tooth fairy do contactless? I just I, have IOUs. Kind of little note. IOU X yeah. pound. No. Can they have like a little app? Like, oh, there's there's the money. All the tooth fairies paid you. I I, I don't have cash lying around nowadays. That's we had, yesterday when they were at school because we did. Oh, it comes when you're asleep. At, tooth under the pillow type thing we had to kind of we had to remind each other we've got to go out and get some cash because these since covid haven't got cash so we had to go out get some money to remember then to do the tooth. so I, i've kept it, it's in a little bag i've kept the tooth it's tiny he has the cash Are you keep it forever well I, look it's like the first haircut like well no it, they don't Ugh. go off it's bone it's it's like the first haircut i kept the first curl 
because I was like, oh, look, there's a... But it's somewhere in a drawer. And I don't yeah, know so where it no is. There's no point in keeping it. Well, it, at the time, you'd feel bad just ditching it. You might not. I, I, I kind of do and those things. So I've kept it. But yeah, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with them. But I've, I've got it. I've got, I've got the right, first one. Okay. You see? So okay. that's my teeth oh, update. I don't think so, I'd be keeping them. So, <laughs> it's just a tooth. It's a little bit of bone. I'll show you a picture. I'll send you a WhatsApp picture later. I'm going to. Come on, you've sent okay. me some pictures in the past of stuff. So I'm sending you this. Um, <laughs> so while all this, the teeth, teeth, tooth drama was playing out, we then had the, we're not here again, are we? Djokovic drama. I genuinely... Oh, genuinely, I, genuinely. <laughs> I mean, what? I think everyone was in the same boat as you because everyone was just like, oh, we just don't have the energy for this. Normally, I think the press in general is sort of like, oh, great. Okay, here we go again. Let's, you know, we're going to be back in the news. But I think everyone was just, no, no, no just stop no. it. Just stop it. No, like you did a big interview saying you're willing to sacrifice Grand Slams so why on earth are you trying to get into a Masters event in a country that you know is not going to allow you into and definitely it's not going to change its rules and the time you need to take to get into the country and play the tournament? Well, I suppose the question was whether or not he'd get an exemption, just like with Australia, and he was probably trying everything he could to uh, to do that. And then, But to be honest, with everything that went on in Australia, he's not going to get, he wouldn't then get an exemption. I mean, it wasn't a good look in Australia, so it's not going to be a good look on the country that no, they... No, but if you're in his position, you go, well, you might as well try. Like, he doesn't yeah. want to just not play any tennis between now and the clay court season. So, you know, I think, yeah. No, uh, I, well, I mean, he's, I, yeah. Well, he's played three matches, hasn't he? So, yeah, if you're him, you just go, well, I just might as well try, throw everything at it, see what happens. If I can yeah, get yeah. in, great, I'll go. I agree, but I just couldn't... When everyone was like, the, the tournament were sort of tweeting... Yes, we don't know what's happening. He's still in the drawer. We're like, oh, for heaven's sake. We we just can't go through it. I mean, there is so much to talk about from Indian Wells. But the one thing that we didn't talk about last week, because I think it, it was confirmed, what was it, about an hour or so after we finished recording and then we were off into the sort of crazy world of sort of children and work, was Andy Murray recoupling, rekindling with uh, with Ivan Lendl. So everyone has said... Recoupling it's a, like they're on Love Island. <laughs> everyone said they, they consciously uncoupled and now they've recoupled. So everyone, <laughs> everyone was shocked on the scale of 1 to 10, 10 being, I never saw that coming, 1 being, of course I knew that was going to happen. Where were you when that news came through? Where do you sit? Uh, oh, I was near the end. I think I was probably in the middle, a bit sort of like, oh, okay. But was it not that much of a surprise? If 10 is like, that's a really big shock. Are you telling me you were five? Because I would be more like seven or eight with this news. I wasn't particularly surprised. Um, I think that Andy has shown a huge amount in terms of what is possible for him over the next couple of years. Uh, I think what's possible is a lot. Look, winning a Grand Slam, I don't think so. But hey, I didn't think any of this was going to be happening. So I will happily, um, you know, shut up on that account. And I'd love to be proved wrong. Um, but I think the the level of achievement that is possible for Andy is pretty high. Like, it's pretty high. Um, and, it you know, it's difficult because he'd worked with Jamie Delgado for such a long time. And then, you know, when that comes to an end, it's not like you just slot straight in with a new coach and off you go and, it, and it's fine. It, it, it is difficult. And, you know, does Andy have time to be trialing coaches for months and do six months? And, you know, is it working? Is it not? You know, just be yeah, back with Ivan. He knows what's up. I know what's going on. We're just going to crack on. And he knows that, you know, some of his best achievements came with Lendl. And 
he knows that he can help him reach sort of that new ground and he is having to reach new ground with this new hip and yeah totally get it um makes complete sense uh a little bit surprised that Lendl's up for it but then also not because it's not like Andy doesn't have the money to pay him so he's going to be paid what he would expect to be paid and yeah I just think that Andy's shown enough that it makes complete sense. It's like, yeah, I think Lendl's going to have a lot of belief in what he can achieve. I think we all sort of do. It's just about that consistency of playing and good draws, <laughs> better draws. <laughs> That's what Andy needs. I think you're right. He doesn't have time to be trialling people. You know, the, I mean, how many times have we said this is sort of last chance saloon? He's got one more shot. He's obviously very determined at the moment the the body is both willing and able but he doesn't have time to keep trialing people and saying well it's not quite right it's tried and tested with Lendl as you said you talked about their success the, the Wimbledon titles US Open Olympic gold then they get back together um 2016 the end of that year there was there was the world number one so it's it's a match that works and each time it was the case that Andy Murray was pretty gutted it finished um and I think the second time Lendl just didn't want to travellers I mean that's the thing I, I don't know I don't know if you know any more of how it's going to work I mean I know that he's not in Indian Wells he lives in Miami doesn't he so he could pop up at the tournament but they're going to do their big training block after Miami because he's not doing the clay with a view to the grass but I guess it's the commitment what what has Murray asked of Lendl and what is Lendl maybe Lendl saying you know what this is the last shot let's just both go at it hundred percent and see where we can get yeah no I think it's it's great like why not you look at everything Lendl's achieved in his career or even just his coaching career um you know everything that that Andy's done yeah it's sort of it's a bit of a free hit isn't it I mean I'm sure Andy thinks that everything at the moment is a bit of a bonus there was a plenty of time where he thought this wasn't going to be possible we all thought it as well uh so uh you know he wants to really see what what can happen and I think you know, from Andy's perspective, I totally get it because he's like, look, you know, I need to do this properly. I need to make every match count. I can't. We saw quite a few matches where it was really, really tight and he made, you know, he, he did sort of not execute his game in the right way and he lost quite a lot of tight matches. Look, they were terrible draws. They were against quality players. You know, don't get me wrong. Uh, but he was clearly playing at the right level. It was just getting the wins. And the problem is, is that if you're not getting the wins, then it's so long until you play your next match that you just don't get that momentum rolling and that confidence going. Uh, so I think for Andy, not only does he not have the time to sort of just test out different coaches, but it's so sort of like every match matters. If he can win a match, he's got to win the match. He's just, he has to, because then he gets the, then you win the opportunity to play another match the next day and then you can get going and you can keep rolling like we've seen the level he has put it on court so many times of easily a top 20 level um and it's just about okay we just now need the results to back that up and let's just keep winning keep keep rolling so I think you know any sort of these little tweaks that can just make things a little bit more efficient a little bit more helpful for Andy in terms of the direction in in matches and he does lean on his coaching staff an awful lot for uh for that sort of direction even even though he is you know one of the greatest tennis minds out there in in, in terms of his tactical reads on the game so uh yeah I think it makes complete sense and as I say yeah I wasn't super surprised um but more just sort of like oh cool 
this is going to be good. <laughs> and I don't know where I heard this or I read this, but someone asked the question, who's at a greater risk for? And I think you mentioned it. It's it's not a risk at all for, for Andy Murray. And I think, as I say, I can't remember where I read or heard this. Some said it's a really big risk for Lendl, his reputation, because of everything they've won. What if it doesn't work out? And I was thinking... Well, I don't think it is a risk because because a, <laughs> who is this person? Because a, it's not like Lendl is a coach who, when he breaks up with Murray again, he needs desperately to go and find work and wants to be on the tour full time. B, I'm not sure Lendl probably gives a damn what other people are thinking. C, he's working with a guy that does have challenges. We all know the challenges Murray has faced um, physically, the age now. So I don't see it as being. It's almost like a final fling for me. You know, it's it's like. That they can only gain. They enjoy being each other's company. They were so successful before. I don't. I don't see there as being any losers. I don't see this as being high risk at all on either side. No, absolutely not. Um, you know, as long as they're both sort of fully on board, fully committed, I'm sure they are. Uh, there's nothing to lose for Lendl. I mean, oh, oh, come on. How much would it take for Lendl to do any sort of damage to his reputation? He would have to have a disastrous coaching relationship probably, what, four times in a row before people started <laughs> thinking that maybe he's lost his touch? I mean, it's it's absolutely, it's absolutely nonsense. Um, yeah, come on. It, it's 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 Lendl. Like, it, it, you know, we, we know what he's achieved. He's already done it twice with Andy. So it's not like that doesn't work and he can't coach Andy. I mean, yeah, come on. Uh, absolutely it's uh, all to play for really also just purely on paper if you were going to look at it on paper he's current Andy's currently ranked 88 I believe I mean it's only going to go up as long as he's fit he's not yeah, yeah. he's not going to sort of be struggling outside the top 50 as I say like we keep seeing him playing at the top 20 level it's just about turning those tight losses into wins making sure that if he's in a match that he wins the match because that's what he did before um I think Lendl can help him do that. And then his ranking is going to fly up. So even if, well, I mean, look, I don't know what people would view as successful or not, because it's ridiculous what Andy's doing now. But even if he doesn't make a semi-final of a slam or something like that, or the second week of a slam, Lendl's still ultimately going to take him from 88 to like, what, 30, 20, whatever, wherever he's going to end up. I don't, you know, there are question marks because you don't know about the body, the consistency. He's going to miss the clay. They are big point scoring events you know that sort of thing so you don't like it's it's only going in one direction <laughs> everybody wants to get on the Andy Murray train come on it's interesting you talk about um Andy Murray really does lean on his team and we can see that and even if you don't follow tennis that well you'll see there's normally quite a big I don't like calling it an entourage a big support network a big support team around him and as you say he's done everything the age he's at now, he could easily not have a coach or a voice. But he spoke recently about wanting that consistent voice on the practice score. And you get those players who don't have coaches, don't really believe in it, want to do their own thing. You get others that get to an age, even Simona Halep. I know she's recently linked up with, is it Morgan Bourbon from the Moratoglu Academy. But she split up with her team after Australia saying she kind of wanted to be on her own and do her own thing. And there are those players that can do that, that are okay doing that. She said, look, I've learned so much from Darren Cahill over the years. I've got that experience. Although, as I say, she's now is working with another coach. But Murray is, he's the type of person he needs. He needs that team, does he? He needs that support. And as he said, 
he needs that consistent voice because there'll be people saying, why does he need Lendl? He knows what to do. It's not as though he's trying to change anything or he doesn't know what to do. He knows what to do, but he just likes to have that support on hand. I slightly disagree with that, that he knows what to do. I just described him as one of the greatest tennis minds and I absolutely stand by that. <laughs> but he he can't do what he did 10 years ago he can't do it but He's that's got a, a physical hip. thing isn't it so yeah but then yeah but then you have to change the way that you play you know he cannot run like he did for best of five sets and expect to get to the second week of a slam and I'm sure that's probably a target of his to get to the second week of the slam of a slam but you know he he has to make changes and when you've been doing something for 20 years it's really uncomfortable to push yourself to be further up the court or play more slice or more drop shots or, or come forward, whatever it might be. I don't know. I'm, I'm making it up. So I don't think he has all of the answers right now. I think he absolutely has a very strong opinion. I think that he's probably right an awful lot of the time. Um, but sometimes, you know, especially when you have the skill level that Andy has, there are options well, which way are we going to go with this? I can't run like I did before. I just listed a few. So am I going to try and be more aggressive? Am I going to try and get to the net more? Am I going to try and play with a bit more slice? Am I going to, how am I going to do this? Yeah. And you know, Andy's capable of doing all of those things, but which way is the best way? And which way works against this guy? And, you know, it's, and also when, and it's different, it's a completely different situation because when Andy was say, well, he was number one in the world, but when he was a top five player, because he was for such a long time, to be honest, everybody outside of the world's top 10, yes, you're going to look at tactics before the match, but you're not going to actually try and model your game on trying to beat those players because ultimately your base level is good enough to beat them. And if Andy Murray just played well, he could have he could play to the worst tactics in the world, play to their biggest strengths the entire time, and he would still be able to win. He wouldn't always win, but he would be able to win. Whereas you do need to consider... You know, somebody like uh, Djokovic, he needs to consider he has a handful of rivals that really can beat him. And he has to work out in his game how they're beating him, what he needs to improve. He don't, He's not going to be concerned with the guy ranked 30. Now, for Andy, it's very different because it's a different period of time. As I say, he's ranked 88. Uh, he's probably playing at a top 20 level, but he is having to sort of go match to match because he's not going on these big runs. He can't take for granted just beating somebody because he can just sort of tough it out. And we still see him do it, but you just can't take it for granted. So it becomes much more crucial. It becomes much more crucial that you are getting the tactics right against an opponent that it's not somebody that he's playing week in, week out. He's going to be playing loads of people that he doesn't play very often. Um, And also that you're getting the tactics that are appropriate to where Andy is at the moment with his hip and with the way that his game is is developing. It's different to how it was 10 years ago. Uh, That's not easy. It's, It's not easy. And you need a fresh pair of eyes to do that. Also, you know... Absolutely, Lendl's opinions and, and stuff is, is huge. But you know, you need people to just do the volume of the work, do the video analysis. If you like, Andy's obviously going to do some of that stuff, but you know, he can't be sat down for hours. But do you the see Lendl doing that, or do you see other members of the team doing that and then reporting? No, back but to Lendl, Lendl would be directing other members of the team. He would be sort of managing it. He'd be saying, "Right, I want this clipped up. I want every every time the guy's fifteen thirty on serve. I want all of those points put together." 
I want he's he'll be he'll be driving that. Of course, Andy will be as well. I'm sure. I don't really know, but I'm sure he will be involved in that. But you know, that is more. Um, you know, you need somebody to sort of take charge of that and get all of that done, and then you've just got a package that you can sort of sit down and you you talk about the taxes in a short space of time. Uh, you know, with Andy and, and, you know, look, I mean, Andy works things out as he goes along in matches as well, but it's a very different time for him. You know, he can't, you can't just take it for, for granted, um, you know, in the way, the, the way that he used to play. Uh, and yeah, I, I, it's not like he's got lots to learn. It's just, it's, it's almost as, as I was saying before, the fact that he has so many different options as to which way to take his game, which way to do it against this guy. Um, and before it was a little more obvious how he would do it. Whereas now it's like, well, no, you, you need to get it right. You know, you can't just pick one and be like, yeah, that'll be fine or figure it out in the match because he's been trying to do that. And then he's come out on the losing end of a couple of really tight battles and he needs to convert those matches into wins. We should say all this continues to play out against the backdrop of what's taking place in Ukraine. And, and Andy Murray has actually said, hasn't he, that all his prize money, he said, is a dad and I see the children and what's happening all the prize money that he wins this year will go to Ukraine and, and try and help some of the children in Ukraine who have been displaced and who are suffering as a result of the war. Yeah, and again, unsurprising, but uh, you know he's somebody who uh, does this sort of thing uh, quite a lot. But it's maybe surprising that he's... Is he the only one I've heard uh, from, other than the Ukrainian players? Um, outside of that, I feel like he's the only one who has pledged something like that. And there's... And I know just from my experience in football that even if a player doesn't sit, sometimes it's happening. Yes, so there's yes. a number of players that, that I know that some people would say, oh, this person's done this or that's that I knew that they were donating large amounts of money to charity or in some cases to kids at the academy. There was one player yeah. who one year paid for everyone in the academy to take the driving test. You know, it might sound like a, a basic thing, but it, it's an important thing when you're that age and you're growing up and that they don't have that money. So, But that was never spoken about and you, you only hear the ones that do talk about it, which is great that they will come out and say it. But, and maybe no one else is outside of the players from Ukraine and Andy Murray who said it, but that there might be an element to those who are also contributing and, and donating um, um, throughout the year. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now, I can't believe it's taken me 22 minutes <laughs> to talk about Sasha's Zverev and the, the results of the ATP investigation into events in Acapulco. And you were right what you said last week in that it would be a suspended sentence. And it was a suspended sentence and a suspended fine. If he does anything wrong, then it's, what, eight weeks off tour? Yeah. Suspended suspension. I think that's what we're, <laughs> we're looking at. Your th- your, and, and your thoughts on the, on the suspended suspension? I mean... In terms of the general chat that I've had within the tennis community, the majority seem to think it's fairly lenient. Um, 
I think that that seems to be echoed by what we're seeing on social media. Of course, this is only sort of one side of, of things. I'm not talking to everybody and I haven't spoken to anybody in Germany, to be honest about it. Um, so I think people are thinking that it's fairly lenient. Um, I would remi- I, I do remind everybody that I speak to, I'm not defending him. I'm just talking about the decision that was come to. I think it is very tough to leap directly to a suspension uh when it's the first offense and this is the first major offense for Zverev that I'm aware of nobody like as in I would, if if somebody could correct me if I'm wrong then that's that's fine but I can't think of a, a major for yeah I mean sure he's been a you know he can get a bit arsy on court and he said co-violations and he, <laughs> you know, he has stuff going on but in terms of his on court actions this is probably the first major issue um and uh yeah i think that it, it it's tough to leap to um leap to a, a full suspension straight away with no no warning no suspended suspension or anything like that especially when he was very apologetic afterwards uh, who knows what he uh, apparently he spoke to the umpire behind the scenes and he said it was unacceptable um you know i i think regardless of who it is on the court I can I can understand why they've ended up where where they're at with the 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 suspension they've given him, and uh, you know that's a full year that he can't get an unsportsmanlike conduct code violation like that's a full year. It could be about twenty tournaments, couldn't it? It's, it could be. It's a it lot, and that he will have to, to keep his behaviour in check, and it will mean that for that year, he will have to be very conscious of it, and um, would probably lead to more improved behavior arguably than if he did have a six month suspension and then just came back probably a little bit pissed off or a lot pissed off right so um <laughs> as i say uh i'm not saying it's what i would have um the, the punishment that i would have, have given out but like i but I, to be honest i haven't really thought about what i would do i just thought that that's what they would do and i i don't really think there's much of an argument to say that it should be harsher and i understand that people are saying well he was attacking the umpire he did not touch the umpire and i understand he was intimidating the umpire and it was really uncomfortable to see um if he had in any way hurt the umpire, it would have been an immediate suspension, an immediate ban. There's there's absolutely no two ways about it. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think yeah, I, I could have seen them going. I, I could see how it would be possible to go with an immediate suspension. I probably would have felt like that was a bit harsh. I assumed they were going to go with a suspended suspension. I poss- probably think it's a little bit lenient, but there isn't really anything in the middle. Um, I'm a little bit confused you know what I mean? now. Right. But there's, so. nothing else, there's nothing else that, that, that I, can be done. I, 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 think, I think there is an argument to say it should have been a harsher punishment. I think you can put a good argument in place. No, he didn't, he didn't touch the umpire, but the intent... The intent was there, and that was he wasn't intending. He wasn't intending to hurt the umpire. He was intending to intimidate the umpire. It's very different. If he was intending to hurt hurt the umpire, he would have hurt the umpire because the umpire was sat like a sitting duck and had nowhere to go. So he was absolutely he was intending to intimidate, which is completely appalling. And I, he was not in control. He was not in control as he slammed that racket three times into the chair. Just just an inch or so either side, and he could catch the leg. Absolutely, and totally he, reckless. He was, but he, but I, that's very different to intending to hurt someone. Djokovic was I'm, not I'm, in I'm control not... when he teed the ball into the back fence. He knows the possible 
uh, outcomes of that and he he hurt someone um but he did not intend to hurt her yes it's an automatic default from the tournament should he have been suspended for longer than that absolutely not and he wasn't you know like it i look, i don't th- i do think that it is it's not a black and white area but um i yeah i don't know are there any other arguments you think for a harsher well i'm not i'm not saying i'd come to a different conclusion than you but i do think you could make an argument for a harsher penalty than than he received because i also think you have to send a message out and yes you could say but you can't just make an example of someone sometimes you have to sometimes you have to make an example of someone and say this isn't good enough or does someone else do something similar and they get a suspended suspensions because again we say well it was a first offense and they haven't really done anything apart from being arsy before so let's see if they learned from it but i just you know i think sometimes i sound quite scary and and really when it comes to parenting i'm the soft one of the two I just <laughs> want to say that i'm the soft one but i th- i think there is there is a case to say that sometimes an example has to be made because yeah, and, I, and I, I I understand that, but when the the very nature of making an example of somebody is by dishing out a harsh penalty, so that's what I'm saying is that Which that is not no, and I agree. So they haven't made an example of him. They've just applied the rules. That's all they've done. They haven't made an example of him. So they've applied the rules fairly, and he's he's been given the suspended sentence. If they wanted to make an example out of him, they could have been harsher and gone with a, a harsh. Um, punishment of a suspension but that would ultimately be harsh and I would think that was harsh on him I also as I say I also think a suspended sentence is a little bit light I wish there was something in the middle but um, you know it's (laughs) yeah you see what I mean is in like you're by that very nature of trying to make an example you're you are going to make it harsher than it ordinarily would be they've applied the rules and followed the rules it was slightly irritating how long it took which is a bit annoying because you know there wasn't much that needed to be done they needed to apply the rules everybody knew the rules I knew what the outcome was going to be because I I know the rules you know Zverev would have known yes there would have been conversations the conversations with the umpire is the umpire happy with this as as sort of a consequence everybody has to be on board Zverev would have apologized all of that sort of stuff that takes an hour (laughs) <laughs> it was slightly annoying yeah. that it did take so long because it just meant people were talking about well will he play Indian Wells and, and and I was sort of sitting here being like well yeah of course he's going to play Indian Wells <laughs> you know it it's um yeah I don't know it's uh I think that was definitely a little bit frustrating I think they could have done it quicker I think when it comes to parenting would you, do you think you're the you're the you would be stricter than I would be as a parent. What do you think? I think you yeah. Would be. <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, I'm I'm so soft. I I I, I give in. I give in to anything that all the time. It, it's so bad that you know. I mean, obviously, the certain that again, it comes down to look. We said this last week. Actions have consequences, and that's one thing I will yeah. do with the boys. And I'll say, look, fellas, you did that. So there's a consequence to you doing that, and I I stand by this with with Zverev. And okay, so the consequence is um, fine and suspended suspended suspension um, for eight weeks, and he's got to behave. And he says he's meditating now, and it's the biggest mistake of his life. And you know, let's hope he has learnt from it, and let's hope we don't see that from anything else. I just yeah, I, I, it's a tough one. I think it's one that can be debated and you'd get people falling down on either side, but, but the, the ATP have investigated, they've spoken and, and Zverev uh, marches on to wherever he marches on to. Someone who is not marching on his Dominic team, still not ready 
Still not ready. Wants to come back. I feel like I've sort of forgotten Dominic. Is that awful? I've sort of, I just haven't seen him for so long. And, and he hasn't really, he's just, yeah. I mean, the wrist is fine, which is great news. And he wants to come back on a surface that he's most comfortable on. But it's, it's a long time for a player like Dominic Team, well, for anyone to be away, but especially someone like Team who needs those matches and who is getting so many matches. That's a long time to be away. Well, I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but possibly, you know, he's got to be questioning the amount that he played yeah, yeah. to end up in this situation at such an early stage in his career. We've heard Andy Murray talk about it, the fact that he overplayed, overtrained, over, and, it's, and that's what's taken the toll on the body. And somebody like Federer going, I don't know why these guys practice so much. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, well, it's all very well. If they were all as good as you, they wouldn't need to practice so much. They're trying to keep up with you. It's your fault. You're the one killing. <laughs> like, well, when he was at the top, you know what I mean? A few years ago, people. Um, so, yeah, I... Uh, it's very it's very frustrating we'd love to have him on tour i think he's he adds a huge amount um but i mean it was extraordinary how much he played right i mean he just incredible played every tour i mean he'd he'd turn up and you're just like why are you here (laughs) it was like it wasn't there a dead rubber davis cup once he turns up what are you doing take a little bit it's it's dead rub don't you don't need to be that's fine but I remember once for Antalya, he flew kind of length and breadth of the world to get to Antalya to play the tournament. It's like, you don't need to. Yeah, yeah there, there was there was a lot of that, wasn't there? And you sort of understand it on the way up, but then it was, maybe it was just a habit and maybe it was a yeah. bit of a comfort, yeah. a bit of a crutch that he needed those sorts of matches. And then when he got to like the top five and he was just sort of like, well, this is the only way I know how to feel good. I need to feel confident when I start in a slam or a Masters event and I have to have played... 75 tournaments <laughs> in the lead up to be able to to be able to be confident so I don't know maybe that sort of got in his head a little bit because he was so used to doing it you can as I say you can understand trying to get the volume on the way up your body needs to get used to things you yeah. know you need to learn the trade to get out on court but um, he just never really pulled back until he just you know sort of imploded a bit didn't he physically I mean it's it's um I mean, the good news is that he managed to win a slam. So, yes. because there's always that argument like, oh, well, would you trade in winning a slam if he had played a bit less and then now he'd still be playing? Well, you can't guarantee he's going to win another slam. He's been in other finals and not been able to do it. Uh, so I don't think any player would ever trade in a, a grand slam win for a potentially longer career. No way, no how. No. Uh, I, unless unless yeah, they are... No. The only way you would do it is if you were so confident you were going to win another Grand Slam. But as I say, you can't guarantee it. So, you know, somebody like Adele Potro could be so confident that he was going to win another Grand Slam. And especially because he was young and he was 20 when he won it in US Open, he could be like, no, 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 I'd trade that in to have been able to play all these years. Maybe. I, 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 I don't know. Maybe he's an exception that would sit there and go, I would have rather have had a full career and not had that US Open win. Yeah. Um, but you can't. Yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't work like that, you know. So no, it's it's rough. It's rough for team. It's gonna be tough when he comes back. It's gonna be. It's gonna be hard. That's a. It's a long time, and the game. The game moves. It moves on. And we've seen how it's. But look at the look at the top. Yeah, well, Medvedev's number one. Medvedev's Medvedev's number one. Now he has to what reach the quarterfinals at Indian Wells, which is his least successful hard court tournament, to stay at number one. Otherwise, Djokovic goes back to number one. And we know we won't be seeing Djokovic in Miami and then 
Medvedev and off we go with the old sunshine double. Uh, Borna Chorich, I did want to mention Borna Chorich because he's still only 25 is the first thing to say because he should be yeah. at least 40 by now for the length of time <laughs> he's been around. Um, he came out, he had a chance to beat Alejandro Davidovich Fakina. He lost, but he won because he was back playing competitive tennis. Hadn't played since, I think, March 2021 had shoulder surgery, seven months, didn't even touch a racket. Again, he's still so young. I keep forgetting how young he is, but it's so good. And he said there was a time when my surgeon couldn't even guarantee I'd play again, but he's pain-free. And he was in Australia. He just wasn't quite ready to play, but he's back and he's competed. Yeah, so good to see him so back. Good. Again, it's so easy to forget what he was achieving. Um, oh. I can't remember his career high, but it would have been around 12-ish, 11. I don't think he quite made the top 10. Um, he was uh, there as an alternate at the O2 uh, for the tour finals. He had a phenomenal year. Um you know, somebody who's, you know, he's always been very, very good for his age. You know, he broke the top 100 pretty young as a teenager uh, in comparison to a lot of the guys. I think was he, he must have been 17, eight, I think he might have broken the top 100 before he was 18. Um, so, you know, uh, yeah, just, just good to have him back. I mean, he's still got plenty of years in him. But again, it's always concerning when there's a big injury because you don't want it to turn into something like we've seen with Del Potro, where it's just been big injury after big injury after big injury. And He's been back for, you know, a handful of months at a time and those months have just been absolutely just flawless and tremendous. The utter brilliance of it, but it's just not enough really. So, um, yeah, hopefully we can get the likes of Chorich and, and team back consistently. Um, but yeah, oh, you don't envy them, do you? You're having to just essentially start all over again. Uh, it's no, one thing, okay, look, you can get your wild cards and you've got your protected rankings, but, you know... Draws are not kind. You're not seeded. I mean, teams are going to be seeded for God knows how long. That's, that's going to be weird, isn't it? Some of the first rounds, people are going to go, oh, look, I've got Dominic team in the first round on clay. That's marvellous. Um, now, I, I sometimes wonder why we do predictions on the pod, because as I say, we're oh, not dear. a news surface, a, a service, sorry. And things, people listen to it at different times. But I guess we can look back the week after or two weeks after and say, hey, I was right, or that was terrible. So I'm going to ask for you, Indian Wells winners and I've got I've got a a men's winner I haven't got a clue (laughs) for the women I haven't got a clue I'm I'm literally will end up just saying a name because and I was looking at the tiebreak tens I really enjoyed the tiebreak tens um Anisimova came out on top you had Sabalenka in there Sakari I I really it's when I really enjoyed watching tiebreak tens and Bedosa and it just reminded me of the quality that's there and we don't have the world number one in Ash Barty there, but still the strength and depth. So I'm obviously going to get your predictions first and then I might just try and sort of piggyback off the back of them. <laughs> right, right, so we're doing predictions for Indian, Indian Wells. Wells. Yeah, men, okay. men's, men's and women. So, um, yeah. women's. Yes, oh, you're going, you start, oh, you're starting with the women's, right, okay, let's go, okay. So uh, I believe Badosa is the defending champion. She is. Correct. So let's say that she's not going to win it because tough to defend. Okay, there we go. Although Fernandez just did actually, didn't she? She defended her title in Montreux. But it's tough. It's it's just always this little bit of extra, you know. Pressure. um, Pressure, expectation. You know, you've got your portrait up around the place. It doesn't Uh, really look like them. I saw Cameron Norrie saying next to this, which A, reminded me that Cameron Norrie won Indian Wells. And B, I was looking at it going, uh, I was looking at it going, 
I, I, uh, I mean, look, I, I wouldn't do any better. My artistic skills, I don't have any. But I was looking at it going, maybe it's an interpretation of, oh, I don't know. But yeah, no, sorry, yes. Yeah. So they've got the portrait at the Indian Wells. Yeah, Cam, Cam had this sort of weird grin on his face yeah. in the middle of hitting his shot, which he doesn't really do. No, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Okay, so yeah, so they have the portrait. I mean, There's a bit of extra pressure. So you are saying no to, well, you're saying no to Badosa and Cam Norrie. Effectively, in that one answer. Is that uh, right? Yes. Uh, right. Yes. Okay. Yes, Lovely. I am. Right. Right. If, Cam, if Cam defends Indian <laughs> Wells, come off it. I mean, that would be ridiculous. That would be like Radicardi defending the US Open. If I told you Cameron Norrie was going to win Indian Wells last year, you'd have probably told me it was nonsense, despite the form he was in. I would have told you, you have no qualifications to work in tennis anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I would have told you. Um, And that may sound harsh, but (laughs) it just goes to show how impressive it is. Uh, I mean, look, who's going to win it? Um, It's tough, isn't it? Who's playing the best tennis? Uh, You could argue Kontovic is playing the best tennis. Very good tennis at the moment. Uh... Yeah, I mean, it's a tough soccer, to sort a of not on a hard court. A soccer on a hard court. Well, I mean, who knows? Who knows mm. the enigma of uh, Osaka? I mean, it could be, yeah, could absolutely destroy it. So, I don't know. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick Contivate because are you? Like, I mean, just why not? Or like, well, I mean, come on. I don't know. I don't think I've got one of these right for on the women's side for about five years. I always pick Hallop because I love Hallop. That's just I got a soft spot for Hallop. But so, you're so saying pick I the always world pick number Hallop. twenty-four. I'm no, but saying I always pick Hallop. I've just reminded myself. I, I'm going to go Osaka. Going Osaka. Yep. 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 Well, you can't yep. go with Kritikova, so that's that's tough. She's not. Playing. I know she's she's not there. Injury had to withdraw. Otherwise, I probably would have done. Because, but yes, okay, I'll go Osaka. You're going Conservate, and in the men's. In the men's, yeah. um, well, I mean... It's easier. For Dev the favourite. It's his worst tournament, worst hardcore tournament. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> I sort of just want to pick Medvedev. I don't know, okay. Medvedev. Oh, you can. Zverev could have a point to prove. Shut everybody up. Yep. Maybe um, I say that just Nadal. You know, no one's really questioning his tennis level. People just getting a little bit annoyed about his. Punishment. Nadal hasn't lost this year. Nadal. Yeah, I mean that is just stupid, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> stupid. Uh, wait, who's defending champion? Oh, Cam, isn't it? Sorry, um, we just had a whole discussion about his his portrait, and then you said who's the sorry. defending champion. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, and who was Indian Sitsa Wells? Pass? The, the final before pass? that, you had Hercatch, didn't he? Hercatch won it. Uh, Sinner. Uh, Zverev. I think Zverev's going to win it. Wow. You just looked to the yeah. side. You looked out your window as you said that. I don't know why. You just oh, looked out your window. Inspiration. Inspiration. Right, go on then. So, so you've got Osaka and... Rublev. It's his time. You know, again, it's, you know Rublev. me, I, I don't think practically. I think with the Mr. 500s. I just think Rublev, I think he's ready. I think he's got the confidence now. If he comes up against another Russian, which has always been the problem in the past, he's wilted. But I think I think he's ready. I think he's got the confidence. I say this, and then you listen to an interview and he tells you how bad he is. And you're like, oh, come yeah, on now. I'm not sure. Um, you think he's got the confidence at the moment, Rublev? Yeah, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, 
I will. I don't think Medvedev. I don't think Medvedev's going to win Indian Wells. Um, Nadal. I mean, we're going to get people getting in contact with us again, saying, "What are you guys got against Nadal?" I haven't got anything against Nadal at all, but I'm going to go. I'll go Rublev. There we go. Yeah, I tell you one person that we never pick, and the reason we never pick him is because he, well, he never won titles until recently. Would be Ojeda Asim, and I have to say, could be the sort of like big call. You know, he's won one tournament. Floodgates sort of open. I mean, he's playing the way he's looking on court is yeah, it's mightily impressive. it's some. Like, I'm looking at him, and I'm like, I don't know what he can achieve this year. I'm not. I'm yeah. not. You know, yeah. like when Berrettini was playing really well, it was like he could totally reach a final of a slam, semis of a slam. You know, okay, that last yeah. little bit is going to be going to be too much. But you know, he was he was up there. You're like, yeah, I I, I know what he can deliver. You, you know who he can beat. Uh, with seems it's a little bit unknown because he had has the he's had. He's had these mental hurdles, uh, yep. particularly with finals. What was it eight finals? Yeah, he got sort of thumped in most of them before he won one. So that was uh, so. But he has he, he picked up a title. He won. Um, so he's off off the mark. But I just yeah, I, I don't know the way that he's been playing. I, I'm sort of like okay, he could achieve some. Hu- I'm not expecting him to win a Masters event this year. But like if he did, I'd be like. Oh yeah, well he's been playing really well. That makes it makes sense, you know. I don't know. I think what, he what could about, be in line for some big stuff this year. What about Kyrgios? He's on the road again and he's happy. It seems with Kyrgios, he's is he? happy and is he playing? Happy, <laughs> happy and happy in personal life, happy on court yeah. seems to be quite a big thing for Kyrgios. And if you look at his Instagram account, right. he's you know he's with his soulmate and it's amazing and it's lovely and it's wonderful. So you know, happy off court, on court, happy personal life, happy work life. He seems to be happy. so Always dangerous, but just hasn't played enough. There we go. Right, so we've got our predictions. I've got to go Done. now and pick up a stormtrooper and where's Wally? Oh, so, of course. And and I've just looked out the window and it's pouring with rain, so I'm going to get a soggy stormtrooper and a soggy where's Wally. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that, that, is my, uh, that is my work for this afternoon. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. Enjoy if- collecting the teeth as well. Oh no, I just I just I just can't do teeth. And if anyone can let me know what the going rate is in their respective countries for the tooth fairy, I'd like to appreciate that cuz maybe I can work out an average and see for cuz I think we overpaid on the first tooth. We did overpay on the first tooth. Oh, it's tough. We overpaid. Tough to back we overpaid. Well, mm. no, you can say the four ones at the front get more cuz they're the big ones and right, you can okay. dis- discount the ones at the side. But uh-huh. if anyone wants to let me know the going rate for a tooth fairy pickup, then um, then I'd like to know. So thank you. And um, yeah, no more wobbly teeth. And we will pick this up next week. I'll see you then. Bye. 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 Bye.